You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to another edition of the Peristyle Podcast. Not television, but we are simulcasting live on our YouTube channel over youtube.com slash inside troy yes the peristyle podcast is back i'm your host ryan abraham alongside chris Trevino. if you're watching on youtube thanks for doing that and if you're listening on any of our podcast feeds thank you for that as well we have to talk about usc football because it's game week we're really excited usc opening against rice pac-12 network 3 p.m at the coliseum if you have any questions or comments for the show we always appreciate hearing from you podcast at uscfootball.com that is our email address. Uh, if you have, uh, you want to send us a text, you want to send us a voicemail, you can do that as well. Uh, the number is 424-254-9141. And if you're watching or listening on the Apple Podcasting app or any of the podcasting apps out there, please leave us a five-star rating and review. It definitely helps us uh, to grow the show. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, when we're doing that, we get the reviews uh, from you guys talking about the show. Uh, it's we cool. We'll read them on the air. If we got, Let me check to see if we got a new one. Oh, we got a... We do have a couple new ones, so I can read those for you uh, here in a second. Um, but I want to welcome in Chris Trevino because he's sitting right next to me. Chris, man, what's up, buddy? Do not let my sleepy face deter you or anyone watching. I'm very excited that oh. we're officially in game week. We get to cover a game on Saturday, Ryan. After you know a weekend of watching college football, I'm excited to be out there myself and cover a game a little worried about how hot it's going to be, and I'm going to be on the field this season, so I'm going to roast down there on uh, the Coliseum field. But nonetheless, excited that we're going to, we're covering a game this weekend. It, there is a game. We are like just days away. We can start counting hours away from USC playing Rice. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot. It's funny. The, we, we'll get to it in a second, but talk to Lick and Riley today. No one was really talking about the opponent. I asked them one question at the end, like, hey, what about Rice? You know, uh, but you're actually got an opponent coming up. So uh, that's going to be exciting. Uh, we got a new five star review. Uh, it's for your show, Chris, the two star no way. Fade Cunningham, uh, Cilantro, Menudo, Boys for Life, MXMXMX. Um, unfortunately, we also have a one star review. We don't read those, but someone, we, we get those rarely, but someone that, yeah. Uh, they are breaking the rules, man. Five stars only. You can talk. You can talk trash about us in the uh, review if you want, but you got to leave us for which one? Uh, it was it was composite one star review. It was about your show, mm. so you got a five star on one end and a one star on the other one. But thanks for leaving the reviews. It does help um, to grow the show and push that stuff around. And I want to thank our sponsor uh, Trader Joe's because we got some kind of newsy stuff with that. We're gonna get some Trader Joe's product, Chris, coming up. Uh, we are doing. An official uscfootball.com tailgate uh, at the Coliseum. So we got to reach out to our boys at Trader Joe's, the friends over there. 
They're going to provide a whole bunch of snacks and some drinks and stuff. So I'm going to pick that up actually tomorrow and bring it out to the tailgate. If you don't know, so if you, you're, everyone's welcome. It's free. The tailgate will start about noon. Uh, I'll probably be setting up there like 10, 11. If you get there a little early, that's fine too. Uh, Chris and I will be there, and this is when our official bake-off is going to be. We're making, so you can try out. You can Everyone that come can do a blind taste test and try and vote uh, for which one you want to, you know, which uh, cupcake you like better. But there'll be red velvet cupcakes. Uh, we'll probably have to cut them in like quarters or something. And uh, whoever's out there, as long as we have cupcakes available, you can try them and, and put your vote in for. We'll do like an A or a B, and then we'll see who wins and It'll be a blind test. I'm going to win. That's what the answer Perfect. is. Perfect. All right. I asked him, we're leaving practice today. I asked Chris how many test runs he's made baking. Uh, he's trying to cupcakes. get in my head. I'm just psychologically put turning like, the screws. Oh, I've done three runs already. Yeah. Okay. Right. I have not. Uh, I haven't even thought about it. But we will. I'll start thinking about it soon because we don't have that much time left. But if you want to come to the tailgate, not just to judge um, the uh, the bake-off that we're having, which I don't, to be honest, I don't remember. Why did we do the bake-off? What was the What was the point of this? I think, uh, I think I mentioned something about baking, and then you were like, oh, I like to bake, and I just like... Suggested a bake-off. Just off. threw out like, oh, we can... You know, this was like in the the drums of summer. Right. And we didn't really have much to do, so it was like, why don't we do that? And then we kept putting it off, and now here we are. Here we are, like, baking we're for uh, Baking, even though we have, like, preparing for a game and everything. Right. Uh, but so just let you know real quick about the tailgate. Uh, we were going to be over... Uh, thanks to Tailgate or Concierge, too. They're giving us the space over there. It'll be in the California African American Museum lawn. That's 600 State Drive. But I put up a link. If you go to the USCfootball.com message boards, either Peristyle or uh, the Fight On Forum, you can see there's a map there and showed up. We had a lot of fun last year. We'll have you know some drinks for you. But if you have like adult beverages you like, you can bring those. Dan will be on the grill. Uh, we got my friend Jackie Rowe, who has a uh, Massages by Jackie. We'll have a table set up doing free, like 10 minute massages. People love those last year. You get, you know, she just works for tips or whatever, but it's cool. And uh, make sure you come check it out. So I hope you can come by. Chris and I will probably be gone by like two o'clock. So don't show up at like 2 30. Like, where's Ryan and Chris? Um, I'll yeah. We've gone way before that. But. Yeah. But we got to get there. So try to get there early and you can see us. And uh, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. So looking forward to an actual uh, tailgate, actual game, all those kind of things. So. I would appreciate if no, no one talked to me as well. Chris doesn't want to be talked to. No. Is it, well, I'm going to stand in the corner. So do me a favor on. and just get in there and ask him all kinds of questions. Talk to him about whatever you want. Um, yeah, that's just kind of what Chris does. So we have the, if you're watching on YouTube, we have the comments and stuff up. So I will try to put up some uh, comments and, and questions and stuff during the broadcast but we have some breaking news because uh we are at practice this morning so we're recording this on a tuesday afternoon and uh lincoln riley sometimes just when he does his little scrum his media scrum he talks to us just starts answering questions he had an announcement and the announcement was the uh the four captains the four team captains were named he said you know it's like a team vote Sounded like it wasn't very close, Chris. Like it was pretty clear. Like these were the four guys that sort of stood out. Um, Other guys got votes, but he made yeah. it sound like. But all in all, these were the guys that dominated the uh, the voting process. Yeah. Um, so we'll go through them. I got pictures of these guys. If you're watching on YouTube, Caleb Williams, uh, the quarterback transfer from Oklahoma. Shocker, 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 shocker. Uh, also Shane Lee, uh, the linebacker transfer. 
from Alabama. So those guys were represented at Pac-12 Media Day. Um, you know, you could argue the best player on the defense, Tule, Tule Pelotu, who's coming to his own, seems like more of a vocal leader now. Uh, and then, you know, maybe a bit of a surprise, Justin Dietrich, uh, the fifth-year player, the starting right guard, first year really uh, full-time as a starter, Justin Dietrich, one of the four captains. So, Chris, uh, get your thoughts on any of these guys. I mean, you can pat yourself on the back. I know you were you gave Dietrich the dark horse. Uh, we thought like maybe Voorhees, but I think we mentioned Dietrich a couple times. But uh, thoughts on the captains? Before I get into my uh, okay. Justin Dietrich diatribe, uh, the other three, you know, Caleb Williams, Shane Lee, those two right off the bat, no one is really shocked about those guys. Those guys have been uh, raved about all summer and uh, spring and some and the off season. Just about their leadership from the moment they both stepped on campus, whether it's Caleb, you know, taking over the huddle first day on, even though he, you know, he's a transfer or Shane Lee and just his, the same thing, the impact on accountability meetings. I, I believe it was uh, Lincoln Riley that told a story about Shane Lee kind of stepping up right away when they were holding an accountability meeting. This guy who's been here what, three days. And so that's leadership quality. And, you know, they both set the example on the field. You see it every day, whether it's like them staying after practice Caleb staying to, to help somebody run who was doing an extra running or Shane Lee in the corner working on the bag. That's the stuff you see. So absolutely not shocked that any of those guys or those two guys were picked as captains. Those guys make sense. Lincoln Riley has said that, you know, some of his best teams, the team captain, like the overall captain, has been led through the quarterback position. So I don't think anyone is shocked that Caleb is holding that position. And those obviously were representatives at Pac-12 Media Day. So again, no surprises there. Thule, also not really a surprise because while he is maybe a little bit more reserved than the other two guys, we've seen Thule really step out of his shell. The coaching staff and Lincoln Riley really challenged him to be a leader this offseason, be more vocal, and he's really taking up that challenge. You know, you can just tell when you talk to him, just seems a lot more confident in himself in terms of speaking. Uh, and we know what kind of playmaker he is on the field, arguably USC's best uh, defense. He is USC's best defensive player, and you know, arguably one of the, the one of the better players on the entire team, regardless of offense or defense or anything like that. So, Thule, an All-American candidate, makes sense that he's there. Now, Justin Dietrich, we tweeted out. Obviously, a lot of people were buzzing about it on social media, and the common thread was if people reacted to the tweet, it was basically Justin Dietrich. That's really kind of a shocker, but I get it. So, it is sort of a surprise, but I do want to go on record and remind people that I went on record as saying that Justin Dietrich absolutely could be a team captain, a a true dark horse. So, Ryan, can you give me an applause? Hold on. I know we have it. I want to soak it in it's as a, much as I can. There's your applause. Unlike Justin Dietrich, I will not be humble about getting this pick right. I will not be doing that whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> because Justin Dietrich is obviously somebody who I think epitomizes what you want in a team leader. He is consistent. He's always showing up. He brings the juice. I asked Jonah Monheim, like, what makes Justin Dietrich a great captain? He's like, he kind of sets the standard for us in that O-line room. He's bringing that energy. And we've seen it, Ryan, over the years. You know, we've seen him with clips of him, you know, ripping his shirt off, giving the guys uh, fired up 
breaking down uh, team breakdowns and some workouts. He's a workout warrior in the in the in the uh, the training room. Uh, you know, Shane Lee gets a a, a, a reputation for being a, a dude in the weight room. Justin Dietrich equally as as yoked and as passionate in the weight room. So he also sets the standard there. And he's just a guy who's not afraid to call out people. And that's what you have to do as a captain. And I think back to when I really, it's really started to click like Justin Dietrich, absolutely dark horse candidate for a captain spot was, Ryan, as you remember that cow week. And which was a weird time. Obviously, it's an, it was a delayed game from COVID past the, the, the point of Lincoln Riley had already been hired. It was this weird time. He'd already been announced as the coach, did his presser, but they still had a game to prep for, uh, Dante Williams and that interim staff. So Riley was at practice. And obviously, this was a game that didn't really mean anything in terms of standings or bowl eligibility. They were just trying to play out the final game. And if you recall, that, that week, there was that, uh, I believe it was the Wednesday practice, but there was something going on in the locker room. The guys weren't coming out to practice. There was some discussions in the in the play, for the players uh, in the locker room before practice, like, hey, should we play this game? Does it really mean anything? There was a group of players saying that and kind of having leading these discussions. And I always remember how upset and frustrated Justin Dietrich was because you saw guys coming in, going back out. And I always remember this quote, and I wrote about it at the time in those ghost notes, and it, it ghost notes, and it became sort of a a memorable quote on the peristyle, and still is to this day, and it will be as Justin Dietrich as a captain. But he went back in, and right when he was walking in, he said, "I'm going to go in there and lay down the bleeping hammer." He's going to go lay down the hammer, and that's something that's always stuck with me, and that's kind of the mentality that you need out of a team captain, someone who's not afraid to call out a group, call out a team, call out individual. So I think Justin Dietrich perfectly fits with all those guys I just mentioned. It's someone that brings a lot of energy and brings a lot of uh, aggressiveness on the field and leadership and intelligence. And I think it's a a stacked team captain uh, lineup. For these Trojans. Yeah. And I think he showed accountability last year when that was something that was lacking. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that's like in vogue, right? Accountability is in vogue. But he was doing it when it wasn't cool. He Just was like, like he was with the mustache before uh, yeah. Top Gun uh, made it, <laughs> made it, uh, brought it back. Yes. So he's always been ahead of the curve. Right. Uh, but congratulations to the four captains. Um, we also learned that Lincoln Riley will release a depth chart. So we got our notes came in on Sunday. Usually USC releases a bunch of notes pre before the game has the roster. It has like updates to things. If somebody's no longer on the roster and some notes about the opponent and all that kind of stuff, uh, records and things like that. Usually a depth chart would be included in that. It was not. Um, but Lincoln Riley said he typically likes to do a depth chart on, uh, Wednesday, Wednesday night. That's what they've done because he said, if you're telling everyone you're competing for spots on the team and then, you know, the two most important practices before a game week or that Tuesday full pads and then Wednesday going into it. So if you say, well, here's what the depth chart is before you even practiced. Well, what's the point? You're kind of lying to the players saying that practice doesn't matter. Here's where the depth chart's going to be. That Logically, I mean, that makes sense to me. Um, so any thoughts on that? Well, we should know 
Uh, so Tuesdays, they practice in the morning. And that's why we're here doing this in the afternoon. Then Wednesdays, they do a, a, you know, a late afternoon practice to early evening. Maybe it will be released when practice is over. But I would think if you're going to watch practice and kind of get an assessment, it might be later on that night. But uh, yeah. So any, any thoughts on him releasing a depth chart on Wednesday? No, I mean, you pretty much hit on everything. I mean, it makes sense. This is something he's been preaching all offseason competition. Players have to earn it on the field. You do that in practice. And what would it look like if he did it before they even completed the the toughest parts of their practice week? So, again, just makes sense. He said he would be a hypocrite if he did that. So you really kind of kind of backing up your words with your actions and that is a big action to kind of release it after your your you know the closing of your their toughest days of practice so i think that's just a right move and that's no skin off my back i know a lot of people are, are like when is the depth chart going to be when is the depth chart going to release well it's going to be released wednesday night so or thursday morning if, if they have to solidify it uh after practice so we'll see i think uh you know, I think there won't be a lot of surprises on there. I think there'll be some interesting things on there. Uh, obviously, one of them being kind of the left tackle thing. Yeah. That's still sort of up in the air. But I think for the most part, we have an idea of who's going to be out there with some with some wrinkles involved. Yeah, for sure. Um, we would, we uh, we knew that Boulevard announced uh, we had, you know, um, Michael Jones on our, our Sunday night show uh, when Boulevard went official we do have some questions on that. So instead of like kind of topping, talking at the top of the show, I think we'll get to that uh, in the questions. Anything else, Chris, you wanted to touch on like going in? I, you know, I did ask Lincoln Riley about playing Rice. Um, you know, he talked about them having, uh, you know, a, they, they, they gave a lot of team, you know, it was a four and eight team like USC, you know, with cl- a lot of close games. Um, they gave Arkansas all they could handle for a while. Uh, some experienced guys coming back on defense. You know, this is a 34-point, you know, USC's a 34-point favorite. But any thoughts on what you've seen? I know you wrote up, uh, you know, kind of things to look at for Rice. We'll we'll do some more Rice uh, previews and stuff later in the week. Our Thursday night Tunnel Vision show, so live like this, but on Facebook, on Twitter, and on, on YouTube. We'll do that live, and Shotgun will be in the studio. We'll do more of an in-depth preview of what to expect from Rice, but... Any thoughts on what you heard today from Lincoln Riley or anyone else on playing Rice? I think the most interesting thing is when I was talking to Jonah Monheim, and obviously offensive line is going to be huge for this team and kind of protecting Caleb. And Rice does have some experience and some talent on that defensive front. So, you know, I asked Jonah, you know, what have you seen from that front? And he says, they're they're a good group. They're experienced. They, they get creative in what they do in terms of, you know, giving this giving uh, offenses twists and kind of created blitzes. So that's going to be uh, a storyline for Saturday as, as far as this this offensive line being a veteran group, but still kind of young on the edge edges, depending on, you know, if Cortland Ford takes that spot and Jonah Monheim on the right side. I think that's something they maybe struggled with at times last year. So it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it moving forward into the season, especially with a, let's be honest, Rice probably isn't, isn't a you know, super good uh, uh, barometer because they were really bad last year with with some moments, you know, they have some talent on the field. But I think it's a good first early step, like a good, not practice uh, line, but it's I think it's a good first test yeah. in terms of, you know, 
getting their feet wet. You got Stanford next week. You don't want to overlook Rice, but I think it's a good like early early round to go. You know, they got experience, they got some talent, they got some guys you got to watch out for. So I think it's a good first first game. Uh, again, I don't want to say practice, but first, <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Here. The first right. good. Uh, test the first question on an exam you know it's it's not the hardest one but i think it's a good one to kind of start off with yeah uh, so i'm gonna be interested in how they handle those kind of twists and creative blitzes especially with usc having a very uh veteran interior line i wonder if they'll try to attack more on the edges as opposed to going at you know an all-american candidate like uh Voorhees or right. a three-year starter and brett nealon and you know justin deach hasn't been starting that long but he's a center he's smart so it's nice to have two centers on the line, something he mentioned. So it's going to be interesting to see how that how that plays out. Riley talked about, uh, you know, the, the offense will be somewhat familiar. It'll look Stanford-like, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, to play sort of a Stanford light in week one, I think that can help for week two um, with Stanford. I know we had a comment. Uh, hold on. Let me pull it up there about Stanford. I want to, like um, – this is from Gary, and Gary, I don't want to roast you, but I'm going to roast you a little. Oh, no. Uh, per Reign of Troy, our friends over there, first trap game of the 2022 USC, fall, USC college football season is facing a pretty experienced Stanford offensive line on the road. Um, yeah, so if you're worried about Stanford at all, and USC, of course, lost to Stanford last year, playing Rice is, kind of, is a nice little kind of tune-up for it. But Stanford is going to be bad again. So... They lose guys out of the transfer portal. They don't get transfers in. They recruit pretty good. Tanner McKee is good. They're not going to be a good team. So they made zero changes on the coach. They went three and eight and made zero changes on the coaching staff. Changed nothing. So, yes, I, I'm, I'm one of those things. I told you guys last year Stanford was but People got on me, especially because Stanford beat USC and Oregon. Then they went on to lose their last seven games or whatever it is, and they're you know they're three and eight. So, or uh, no, yeah, three and eight, yeah, three, no, three and nine, right? Three and nine. Sorry, hey, I didn't know Michigan was the fourth playoff team. Don't ask me records. Yeah, they're three and nine. I'm sorry, this is a twelve game season. They lost nine games last year. They're not going to be good. That place is going to be cavernous up there. We're going to have a whole team up there for Palo Alto. But if USC is having any troubles with Stanford, that's going to be a problem. But the whole point is Rice is sort of like. Um, Tune-up is the right word. That's the word I wanted. Tune-up. Yeah. I'll help you with the words. Uh, Chris, what's your hat? What are you you wearing on your head there? I'm wearing a hat from my sponsor Mm -hmm. uh, for the Composite Two-Star Recruits. Always plug the brand. Uh, (laughs) Meredith Schlosser, my official sponsor for the podcast. Uh, Real estate agent. In uh, Los Angeles and New York, as you can tell by the brand. Yeah. Uh, one of the top 1.5 agents in the country, over $600 million Top 1.5%. Top yes. 1.5%. So just rocking, you know, this isn't a sponsor for the pair style, but just, you know, just giving my sponsor some love, rocking I, the hat, the swag that, that I got. I just knew you were so happy to get some swag. I So I I met with our friend Joan, who's a listener on the podcast, introduced us to Meredith and I got to meet her yesterday and, and have lunch and uh, she was so ex- she was very excited to be sponsoring the the two star recruiting podcast so um, yeah so I she gave me a little swag so I got to bring Chris some swag I knew he wanted to to rep it so I just wanted to let everyone know I'm a company man Ryan and you tell me to rep something I will rep it here I am 
Nice. Uh, I, even got, I even got the water bottle. What's it going to be? Wednesday night again for the? Rec- yeah, I think it's going to be Wednesday night. I think in a for couple, the recruiting podcast. Yeah, and I think in a couple of weeks I'm going to just stay in the office and do it on Tuesdays. Uh, but oh, really? For the next couple of weeks, it's going to be late night uh, composite two star recruits. Okay. Cool. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back. We have a lot of email questions. I know there's a bunch of questions. If you're watching live on YouTube, we'll try to get to all of those. And we'll uh, let's talk about this USC Trojan team and opening the season against Rice. Back in a minute. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Uh, We are back here on the Peristyle Podcast. Thanks for sticking with us. I just got a text message that they were asking me to uh, share something. Oh, so I'm going to do this right now. We'll do this live because we're doing it live. We have some um, breaking news. Uh, I'm going to let that. So this is coming from USC's uh, Sports Information Department, our friend Katie Ryan. So, uh, yeah, she said, could you announce that we're bringing back the Trojan Walk? It'll be in the usual spot, buses arriving in front of the Coliseum, and the team walking through the peristyle and down to the field, two hours and 45 minutes prior to kickoff. So today, so on Saturday, that should be 12.15 or so. Um, and they just want to let, you know, she just wanted to let everyone know. So I got that text while we're doing the show live. So, I mean, I, I don't know how much, how faster, much faster we could get that out to the people. We're getting out of the people. Live. It's back. Uh, we're, our tailgate's going to start at noon, so you can stop by, walk over to the Trojan Walk. It's not that far, and then come back to the tailgate. It'll be a lot of fun. So. I know some parents were kind of concerned. They didn't know if that was still going to be a thing. So mm-hmm. there Talk, we have it. I, I assumed it was going to be a thing still. Talk to some parents. Yeah, and it's early. Uh, I talked to one parent that didn't really want to be there like super early. They're getting nervous before games. So they kind of, what are you going to do? Um, but yeah, that's pretty early. Uh, two hours and 45 minutes before the game. So uh, make sure you go check that out. But thanks, uh, thanks, uh, Katie, for that one. And uh, let everyone know. So you guys, if you want to go check out the Charger Walk, uh, you can do that. Let's jump into some questions. Our buddy JD, formerly of New York City, now Buckeye Country. So he's he's changed his uh, sign off to JD and Buckeye Country. Uh, I thought of the below quote from an article in Today's Athletic and thought of you. And the quote is, as a Notre Dame fan, fan, former player and graduate, Mike Golick Jr. believes his disdain for USC is pure. To me, they were the Death Star when I was growing up in college football. We tend to hate things that are really good. Right now, I imagine a lot of people 
hate Alabama. Everyone hated USC because in the early 2000s, they were turning over one Heisman Trophy winning quarterback after another. They had everything everyone wanted. They were rock stars around there, and they just kept winning. What will it take this season for the dream of USC recruiting? I'm sorry, the dream of USC returning to the Death Star. Status to become a reality. What will that? Uh, what will be that signature win that causes fans around the country to say, "Quote: USC is back. Fight on, JD and Buckeye country." Hmm. I like that. I don't. I I mean, in the spirit of the question, I don't think you can regain all that in one season. No, apps. You cannot be like USC is back unless they win the national championship this year, or at the minimum make it to the college football playoff. But I don't. Obviously, they're not winning the national championship this year. Maybe, maybe there's a super, super outside shot that they, you know, compete for a college football playoff. But you cannot restore that villainary status yeah. back in one season. Uh, it is creeping towards there. You know, they're they're pretty kind of hated right now. That you know, with Lincoln Riley, all these transfers and whatnot. They're definitely the arrow is moving back towards that, that the villain status. And I know everyone wants to be back to that villain stat USC fans do. Cause that means you're, you're doing something that people that pisses people off and it's usually winning right. and winning in a, in a big fashion. So you can't really do that in one season. If you go like nine and three or 10 wins, even that's not enough. You got to do that consistently over several years, you know, come to the big 10, win the big 10, your first year in there. You know, maybe compete for a college football playoff. I think that would be more uh, indicative of that status coming back if you like run through the Big Ten that first season and yeah. kind of make some noise there. I think that would be it. But again, if you maybe if you beat the crap out of Notre Dame, that'd be another uh, that'd be another swing for the for the the villain arrow towards uh, towards getting back that that status. Yeah, and I I, I think. People are willing to believe that USC is good. Like the Texas is back thing is just sort of like it's just been a thing forever, and it's a meme now. It's definitely a meme. Um, I think for USC, like people are willing to jump on the USC bandwagon fairly quickly, and they're you know just watching the offseason. They're believing, okay, this can be a top ten team this year, even though they were four and eight last year. So here's the thing: uh, I think Utah is going to go into that USC game undefeated. And you're, that's a big one, right? And, you know, they go on the road and beat Florida. That's a, you know, it's a middle-of-the-road SEC team, but it's on the road against an SEC team that swamp. has a lot of talent in the swamp. Uh, I think, Stan, I mean, Utah's going to be legit. If USC can get over the Oregon State game, that's going to be a really tough road game, even though half the stadium's going to be gone because um, they're doing renovations and stuff to that. I mean, there's definitely a shot that USC could be undefeated going into the Utah game. I think Utah would be legitimate. Because of that SEC win, um, or those, who the hell they play? There's another one that they're playing. I don't, I, I, is it BYU? I think they bet BYU maybe early. I'll have to look at their schedule. Um, and, you know, USC getting a couple of Pac-12 road wins going into it. That's a college game day deal where USC and Utah would be have college game day in Salt Lake City. Um, and I think Utah's a legit team, and I picked them to win the Pac-12. You get that win, and people will be – the USC back stuff will be – Full force, you know. Um, now, there other tough games you got on the schedule, but if they're undefeated through the Utah game, you're going to be talking about this. People will be talking about USC as a potential playoff team, for sure. Uh, and that's just middle of the season. 
But that's because you'd have like legit road win against a you know a team that didn't lose at all in Corvallis last year, Oregon State, and then you know Utah, who we think is going to be really good this year. So, yeah, I think uh, I think people will be talking about USC being back if they beat Utah. What do you th- what do you think about that, Chris? That fair? I'm holding firm to my thing that you can't be back in one season. Yeah, that's good. I, you can't be back, but they're still going to talk. People about are going to talk about it for sure. There's still going to be a, a talking segment on ESPN for like 30 minutes about it. Yeah. Uh, Alex wanted to know, uh, hey, guys, is the Big Ten versus SEC arms race just a proxy fight between Fox and ESPN? What would happen if the Big Ten and SEC actually work together, battle each other on the field, but work behind the scenes to help each other maximize revenue per school? Specifically, what if the SEC actually helped the Big Ten land Notre Dame? In return, the Big Ten could help the SEC reach one of its major goals towards, quote, world domination. Thank you for all the contact for the content and all your reporting on USC football, Alex. Isn't that illegal? Like uh, like tampering or something? I don't know. It just sounds illegal. <laughs> yeah. I I feel like um, they're going to have common goals. I don't think the SEC wants the Notre Dame to go to the Big Ten. Um, and, you know, could you do some kind of trade where like, okay – you take Notre Dame, we'll take Clemson, and sort of like divide up the world like it's a big risk game or something. I, I mean, maybe, but I feel like now, like if you listen to Kevin Warren before he was saying he was hurting the SEC, who is in partnered with ESPN, by not letting ESPN handle the expanded college football playoff alone. The Big Ten was saying like, oh, we want more automated bids and and all that, but really, it was. It sounds like it was really more of a play to let Fox and other partners, who they're now partnered with NBC and CBS, let anyone else besides ESPN be part of the college football playoff. Because there's no, you know, if you had just extended the current playoff, ESPN's broadcasting everything. If you delayed it, which the Big Ten was a part of doing with the alliance, now Fox and their new partner CBS and NBC can be a part and, you know, like the NFL playoffs, everyone gets games. So it's not just ESPN showing it. So in that sense, that was head to head. They're going, you know, they're kind of going at each other. But now, you know, Kevin Warren is fine with as many at-large bids as possible, like the SEC wanted, because they know they got a whole bunch of big brands. The SEC has a bunch of big brands. They don't need automatic bids. The the winner of the Big Ten is getting in. The winner of the SEC is getting in. So I think they're going to have common... I don't want to say goal. I mean, there's common goals, but there's going to be some commonality between these two power conferences where they're looking at each other like, yeah, that helps us. That would help you too. But I don't think, I don't know if they would work behind the scenes. I mean, maybe if it was something like that, where it's like, Hey, we just want a bunch of at large bids. And they're like, Kevin Warren gives, you know, the SEC a call like, Hey, this is what we're going to do. I'm on board with that. I don't think it would be to the point where you're helping them grow and get, you know, new programs. Probably not that, but as far as like, Working in this current system of the college football playoff, I think there's going to be some some commonality between the two, and you could probably work together for that. I was hoping for a food analogy. Oh, mm. yeah, nothing really came to mind there. I'm not right. going to like force feed it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they would uh, sort of help each other that much behind the scenes. You, know, but it's also conference realignment, so I would not count anything out. Like if that pork came out. That they were, I'd be like, oh, okay, that ma- that makes sense. So I would not be shocked by anything, but no, I don't think that's sort of a behind the scenes thing that's going on. Two titans looking for world domination in college football. 
they respect each other, but I think they'll just be kind of going along different paths and not really aiming to help each other and just see what happens. Right. And I think, you know, so Fox, I mean, well, the Big Ten and Fox were sort of doing things to sort of like hurting ESPN, which is hurting the SEC. I think the same thing. Like, I think the SEC would do things to make sure that Notre Dame has a path to the playoff as an independent. Like, they know they're not getting Notre Dame, but they'd rather Notre Dame be independent than join the Big Ten, you know? So if they're going to do things like, yeah, we want to be inclusive in the college football playoff, and one of the big things of not, you know, staying independent is do you have a path to the playoff? And if Notre Dame continues to do that, I think the SEC would fully support it, knowing that it would, you know, be a detriment to Notre Dame joining the Big Ten, which might happen anyway. I don't know. But so, yeah, I think you could help in certain ways where it's like both big guys getting bigger. It's like Coke, here, you want Coke Pepsi thing? It's like there's certain things. If there's like a, a, a governmental regulation about selling soda, Coke and Pepsi are probably going to be on the same page, right? Like they're like, hey, we want to make sure we can continue to sell soda at whatever high schools or something like that. If there was some national thing, they would probably work together on that. But if there were, you know, they weren't going to work together on something that would give one a competitive advantage over the other. It's sort of like, this is the best for the soda industry. We're the two Titans of the soda industry. We're going to work together on this. So yes, if there's like, this is best for the college football playoff for, that would make our better, our big brands better. The SEC and the Big Ten, I could see them working together for that. Not quite a food analogy, but I'll take it. That's food. You you consume it. I don't eat soda. It's Yeah, but food Food and and beverage. Food food and beverage uh, included together. We got one from Alex. Uh, I'm sorry. That was was what I just read. Sorry about that. Uh, Frank in Sacramento. Should Corey, first name. You know, he didn't even go Corey Foreman. Corey Foreman is means uh, be looking for a, to move to a new program. It sounds like the coaches can't motivate him. Hmm. What do you think, Chris? Uh, no. I mean, I mean that's a interesting. That's a question where I don't want to get in trouble for saying anything, but <laughs> I think it's you know I think a lot of motivation also has to go on a player as well. It's not, you know, just on coaches. It's kind of a two-way street. So, I mean, I'm not like implying anything. I'm just saying I don't think I don't think there's sort of a motivation issue going on there. I think just people are looking for reasons why Corey Foreman isn't on the field. Yeah. Um that could be a whole litany of things. Maybe it's not clicking. Maybe he is dealing with some sort of nagging injury, whatever you, what have you. But I don't think, I don't think necessarily that a, a lack of motivation on the coach's end is is the reason for anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I think people just were like, "I want Corey Foreman to be the best player in the world," and he's not. What's going on? You know, everything's wrong and stuff like that. Some players develop at different times. Sometimes, you know, it it takes a couple seasons for things to kind of click and they put it all together. So, you know, possibly, even though he is a number one overall player, he didn't play for like a year and a half, you know, like yeah. that's, that's people forget that, you know, but whatever. Hey, we have a question from uh, YouTube from Anthony. Okay. Any uncommitted recruits going to be at the game this Saturday? Yes. Any uncommitted? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was just, that's always going to answer. Short that answer. Yes. Yes. There will. Of course there's going to be uncommitted recruits. There's good. That, that's, there's like zillions of them coming. To those There'll games. probably be like well over a hundred kids, yeah. 
And again, not all of those kids are USC prospects. They're kids right. coming with their... But oh, they are uncommitted for the most part, yes. Yeah, but I think there'll be some uh, some names we'll have to see. I know some some commits are going to go, and I think we'll, we'll get a get good turnout on the Coliseum floor, and I'll give those updates as I get them. Yeah. So I'll be on the field. Chris will be on the field. We got a we got a big crew going to be working the game, so I'm really excited for that. So uh, make sure you stay tuned to uscfootball.com. Tons of stuff on the field. I'm lo- I'm happy that Shotgun's going to be out here for the game. He'll be taking pictures. We'll have him on our Thursday show. Should be a lot of fun. We got a text question. Um, so I guess this for, I think it's from Ryan. Uh, another Ryan. Yourself? I like that. Yeah, different Ryan though. You're allowed to pick one player from the Helton era on offense and one on defense. To do a do-over with the new coaching staff. Who do you pick on defense and who do you pick on offense? So I guess, okay, one player from Clay Helton's era that maybe you felt like didn't get the run that they should have got, but you want to give them a do-over now. It's really hard to think of. It has to be it has to be a like does Drake London? Uh or does that but like he had a huge year anyway, like I mean, yeah, he broke his ankle. Yeah, but like, I think he's more thinking of someone that was like, man, that guy could have been awesome. And then, okay, didn't do that much or whatever. But like, if he was with this staff, he would be a lot better. Maybe from a speed standpoint, Keenan Christian. That could be good. I would say Keenan Christian. I think that's, uh, I think that's a good one for offense. Just, you know, how Lincoln would would utilize that speed. Defense is a little bit trickier. I'm trying to come on, Ryan, throw somebody out. Help me out here. I'm trying. I'm look. I'm gonna look at a roster here. Um, just I'm gonna like check. It's out. not like I have someone like off the dome ready to go. Yeah. Uh, let me see who would be. I'm try- I feel like it's a linebacker. I think it's a linebacker for me. A line, like someone that would I'm not yeah I'm not I'm kind of blank I was like trying to just look at a roster to see what uh it's not easy to do that either so I'm not gonna do that um hmm it's a great question I think it's something you have to kind of go back and look at the different depth charts and go oh who would have been um you know how good would that have been like uh so how about an offensive <laughs> lineman how about like someone, um, even like a Chuma with Chuma Doga? Remember him? Uh, yeah, I do remember him. He's possibly getting traded to the Dallas Cowboys. My right. Dallas Cowboys. But he's like he's been in the NFL for years and didn't really do much. Right at USC, it was just sort of like just had potential. Like, what if he came in as a freshman? He could be an All American in college and then go on to his NFL career. So maybe someone like that. I'm still trying to think Pretty of a, a defensive player, someone that... John Houston? Yeah, but John Houston did start at the end of his career and yeah. you know, he had issues putting on weight. Palaie Naotaote? That, that's an interesting one, but it was more so because of injuries and stuff. Yeah. That kind of uh, sapped that kind of career from him. So that one's a little bit different. It's not like he didn't... Kind of get on the field. David has a funny comment uh, about the when we we're talking about Drake London. He says, "So David said, LOL, he broke quote he broke his ankle. I mean, Helton was bad, but not that bad. 
Clayton didn't break his ankle, is what he's saying. But and Helton was gone by the time he broke his ankle, right? That's true. Yeah, Helton was not. This That's is definitely true. not on Helton. Um, I maybe a tight end. Uh, Gary Lewis says Drake Jackson. Y- yeah. That's, but it also, there's a guy who started for three years. So it's like, I guess they could, like, maybe someone that started, like, Chuma Doga started, but like, didn't have the production that you would have expected from their talent level. Maybe that's better. You know, like, what could they have done with a good coaching staff? That's why I would say with Drake London, like, he still could have won the Bolitnikov. You know, like, they didn't hold, I don't think they held him back. They just sort of just rode him. Like, he was like their, what Clay Helton would say, big horse. Like, he was their big horse. They rode all the way. Yeah. Um, but like someone like Chumadoga was just sort of like he got some penalties. He just never really did much. But th- he was drafted, I think, in the second round. Has been in the NFL like ever since. You know, like Elijah Tucker performed well. So I wouldn't. Was a first round pick. Yeah. So I wouldn't really. Jay Tufele. Uh, that could yeah that could you know five star guy coming out of high school. Yeah, third I, I round think I could pick. Do that. You know he it was it's a little bit slanted because he he. You know, it's a COVID year. He opted out, kind of had a deal. So that kind of screws up this experiment. But he's a guy who probably had, would have had a lot more development with a different staff and, and maybe could have tapped into that five-star potential a little more than what we saw out of him during his time here at USC. Yeah. Dave, uh, so that's Dave said Valus Jones, too. Valus Jones, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Just all that speed, not enough. Not enough utilization there dominic davis is also a guy who just oh, wasted yeah. speed um didn't know what to do with him running back wide receiver cornerback just didn't have a spot for him i feel like junior pome from bless him breaks there was an, an olawale batiku is another one mm-hmm. uh you could put that is one that someone say breaks as in they break sports cards bless him breaks i don't know that's what they're if you're listening if you're still here let me know if that's what you do i assume if you have breaks you do sports cards breaks and uh Anthony said Chuma got released today, LOL. But, I mean, he was still in the NFL for, you know, years. But, like, you wouldn't look at his USC career and go, wow, he was a stud. That's why he went in the second round. It was – he came in as a five-star. He looks like a a ridiculously, you know, athletic – He the way you look at him, he should be a great offensive lineman. He didn't have – he didn't perform like a great offensive lineman at USC. So, they didn't use him – you know, they didn't develop him to the potential. But he still was good enough – to get drafted fairly high and stay in the NFL for a while. So that's something that like USC brought in a guy that had a lot of talent and didn't really do anything with it. That would be more. Justin uh, Dietrich would have been a pick there if, because he's someone who was like, he's so talented. Why isn't he starting a lot of like, Justin Dietrich needs to be in the lineup, needs to be in the lineup. But obviously that's being utilized now. He's a right guard starter and he's going to be a team captain. So Dietrich almost on this list, but he's going to have the opportunity to kind of, uh, showcases talents in, in 2022 and yeah. be a deserved starter uh, for this offensive line. Uh, here's one from, let me see. This is Eddie. Let me pull it up here. Is this a solo guy? Yeah, he's our solo guy. Will the city of Los Angeles sue the P when we burn down the city after Solo's first sack? See, I, I didn't even, I didn't <laughs> even, like, exactly I didn't even this. know. <laughs> I was like, that's a solo guy. So this is obviously going to be a solo question. <laughs> Eddie's no longer allowed to ask any question that's not related to uh, Solo. Oh, yeah. Uh, returned to practice today. today. Yeah. Was prepping against the scout team defense, not on the scout team defense. So looks like he's on track to, to play this weekend. Maybe get some uh, 
some second half action, maybe get a sack. Yeah, I think yeah, I think uh, I think that whole sideline will go crazy if uh, he gets a. Uh, he gets in the backfield and right. make a, makes a play. Nice. Um, we have a question from Jacob on YouTube. Who do we think starts at wideout? Uh, I got to talk to Dennis Simmons today, the outside wide receivers coach. Uh, it was extremely soft today, but I also talked to Terrell Bynum too. He means uh, his voice, not his mentality. No, he's just he's like a soft talker, um, and it's hard because there's like a lot of stuff going on. But anyway, with Dennis. Um, you know, he was asked that specifically, and he's like, I have a good idea, but I'm not going to tell you guys. Dennis so. Simmons does not give away information. <laughs> he's the right-hand man of Lincoln Riley. Yes. No way you're going to get any offensive intel out of that man. Right. Uh, but I would I would say one, two, three, four. You like one, two, three, four? I like one, two, three, four. Uh, I kind of still am feeling some Terrell Bynum love. I think he's going to, you know. We'll see. That's just because you talked to him today. I did. I, I requested him. He was like one of the uh, only people. I was the only one to talk to him. And then when other people kind of finished, they came over and stuff too. Um, our buddy John Abrea, uh, okay. he says, hello, Ryan and Chris. I'm trying to understand Coach Alex Grinch's defensive scheme and how he's using different players. Can you please look at the names of these players from their recent past and tell us, where they would fit into Alex Grinch's scheme and who their counterpart is on this year's team. So he's gave three prominent former USC defensive players. Where do you think they would fit? Now, we haven't seen him coach a single game at USC yet, John, so it, this might be a little hard, but we'll do our best. Uh, who would play the Sua Cravens role? Like what? what like would, what current player is Sua Cravens? Yeah, like it's probably like the Romello height kind of thing right like yeah if you again i didn't watch two Cravens craven's play but i know obviously he was a he was more like a safety that was like at the line of scrimmage a lot like he he would be more like talanoa fungish i think yeah that edge spot is interesting because i mean i don't know how sua was as a pass rusher um that's something you could answer but that is what that position mainly requires, but there is coverage. There's dropping in coverage, right? And obviously, Sua as a safety. Sua did more coverage than, but he did some pass rush. But like, I, I kind of like it's sort of that like hybrid spot. Like, I don't know. That's the closest one. I I honestly think maybe that nickel spot actually for Sua okay. because that nickel in that defense is sort of like another linebacker because you're playing so close to the line of scrimmage. You're required to come up and help and run support. And, you know, you're going up against sometimes a smaller guy. Yeah. Sometimes you're matched up on a big tight end. And I think Sua obviously has the body type. He has the coverage skills to kind of hang with those smaller guys. But he's also, you know, got some hit as a linebacker. So playing up bigger can play closer line scrimmage. So I would say maybe that nickel spot, actually, even though USC is kind of employing smaller nickels right now. Yeah, like you got Jalen Smith. uh, Jalen Smith and Max Williams who's kind of playing more free safety now. But, you know, I would say that kind of nickel spot, because then those those positions can also move. Like we've seen Jalen drop back while Max comes up. Those safeties are really uh, versatile and interchangeable. So I kind of like the nickel. I'm talking myself into the nickel. Okay. Then maybe the next one, Yuchenna and Wusu, I think he would probably be like the Romelo. He would yes, be like the Russian. Sam, uh, uh, Uchenna played kind of that 
tradition more traditional Sam linebacker yeah. off the edge. And that's kind of what the the uh that rush end position is. So I think that's a kind of a perfect fit. He is a little bit bigger uh in terms of like weight in terms of Romello height compared to his height. To yeah. Compared to height's height. Um but I still think it works. And then last one, uh Iman Marshall. Big corner. So he's yeah, a big corner like big corner the, I don't think Iman I don't think Biggie was that fast and I think speed kind of plays a bigger role yeah. for this defense. It it emphasizes that. But you know, we gotta remember that Biggie was like sort of maybe like hailed as like a generational type guy out of Long Beach Poly. That that's how good he was. Um so he would still be use useful, even though maybe he wasn't, you know, the fastest uh, defensive back. But a lot of people thought maybe he'd be a better safety. Uh, he was big, obviously. There's a, there's a possibility they turned him into kind of a strong safety, kind of playing closer to the box because he was what like six foot one. Uh, so I think that could be a possibility as well, kind of moving him uh, into kind of a safety role. I know that was talked about uh, with him and his body type. So. I could see him being kind of a, a a strong safety, maybe more of a linebacker kind of guy. He'd be fast for a linebacker, uh, maybe a little too slow for a safety. So maybe kind of a hybrid, uh, uh, hybrid position. Maybe Kalen Bullock. I don't know, like something like that. Uh, Kalen has more athleticism and just overall range than, yeah. than Iman. So uh, big, why do I call him Iman? Biggie, 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 biggie. 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 Um, I think you would just have to play Biggie closer to the line of scrimmage because he's not a burner. Yeah. Like like Kalen, Kalen or even Jalen. Uh, you know, obviously Sierra Wright's got some speed too. Makai Blackman's got some speed, but he's kind of a slower. Blackman's corner. a little bigger, right? Like he's. Yeah, I mean, if we're just gonna keep it simple, he's gonna play that kind of Blackman spot. Yeah. Uh, the the boundary cornerback, if you will, kind of the bigger cornerback as opposed to the field, which is more so that athletic guy that that playmaker down the field yeah so a lot more space i think you got some options with biggie depending on how you wanted to what you want to do with his body type cool yeah we got a couple more i'll try to grab some more questions from if you're watching live on youtube if you're on youtube please smash that like button we need a bunch of likes on this one we had i think we have 180 something people watching live wow middle of the afternoon i like it did i did tweet it out a little earlier sometimes we don't even like announce when we're going live but should be around the same time maybe i'll do a standing one o'clock we, we basically like get done with practice create a whole bunch of content, like get over here and try to get everything going. And then boom, uh, then we just go live. So, you know, that's just sort of way we, that's how we roll uh, at these things. Let me go to the next question, but yeah, please hit that like button. We love that. Um, couple, I'll read both of these on the NIL space. I mentioned earlier in the show, we had some questions. So uh, Keith wrote in, Hey guys, I still don't understand the disconnect between Boulevard and SBR, he's talking about student body right. Uh, per their post on the Peristyle, Boulevard appears to be very uh, comprehensive and effective and is also blessed by Lincoln Riley. In light of this, uh, what prompted big money boosters to start student body right? And then Steven wants to know, how do I donate money to the NIL cause? Um, they open I, up their memberships. They, yeah, so they post it on the Peristyle. You can get all that. You can, As of this weekend, you can post it there. So it's really easy to do, Steven. But any thoughts? On the the SBR Boulevard stuff, Chris? I think there was a lot of 
warranted criticism about Boulevard and their progress and moving things along. And I think S, uh, SBR really kind of lit a fire under Boulevard to kind of tweak some things, change some things that maybe donors and boosters weren't happy with in terms of, you know, the overhead that, you know, that, that Boulevard was having, you know, a change from 15 to 5%. There's also, you know, about donations, you know, not going 100% to where a donor wants them to go. Like, oh, I want to do, I think it was like 50-50. Like yeah. 50% will go to, if you want to donate to football, 50 will go to football. And then the 50, other 50 will go to a general fund, I believe. So, you know, SBR coming along kind of breeded some changes. It breeded them to kind of go back to the drawing board like, hey, this is kind of what they want. So I think we're going to need to tweak it up a bit, maybe move up our timelines a little bit. You know, competition, Ryan. Yep. And anything, not just a football field. We've seen, I think Boulevard got better because SBR, like if SBR just went away, which I don't think they're doing, um, they're not doing that. It made Boulevard better. Yeah. They made they had to make changes, um, and we had uh, you know David Jones on talking about some of those changes, and you know they they've been really nice. They're posting on the Peristyle uh, when they went live. They're answering people's questions, so they're in there. He said they got it was like six figures worth of donations like in the first hours, two hours, yeah. so that was pretty good. I think the one common thing I've seen um, about this, uh, Keith, your original question, is that. They didn't look at Boulevard. Boulevard wasn't launched yet, and there was talk about Boulevard. And it's 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 a unique sort of way to do things, but it isn't put a bot you know a pile of money on a prospect's you know desk and say here you go, come to our school. And I think a lot of the USC fans and boosters wanted to see, hey, where's that? What's going on? So then a student, the student body right people come along, and we do interviews with them, and they you know explain what's going on. They're also not involved in. They put a bag of money on a prospect's desk. They're more about creating a salary for everyone that's on the roster. And the good thing about Boulevard, you're not it's not exclusive. You don't have to opt in. So if Student Body Right comes along, and I've talked to parents that are excited about that too, you know, where they're like, yeah, if there's more avenues for these players to make money, that's great. Um, but, you know, the, the whole point is like there was fans that are just like, well, well, who's paying the prospects? Like that's what they wanted. You, I think that's what they wanted. That's what they're excited for. Student body right because Boulevard wasn't paying prospects, but they student wanted body right bagmen. They wanted bagmen, <laughs> and they're but neither one of these organizations are bagmen. So like some of that would be whatever. But anyway, yeah, there's this is all playing out. It is funny to kind of see because I'm getting emails from both sides. You know, I'm getting like messages. Um, they're both you know they want to play in this space, and uh, you know Boulevard is the official partner, which I don't. I need to quite understand how that works because they're not like a collective, they're collective plus, but there's like an official partner with USC and they're going to take, you know, they, they launched web shows and all these kind of things that they're doing. Uh, student body rights going to be more traditional, except it's not going after prospects. It's like, Hey, you're a booster, donate money. We're going to give the money to the players and they got to do like some charity work or something. And you can write that off. It's a write off there. So we'll see how that comes. You know, I, I, I don't anticipate this being some like feud going on for a long time, but um, you know, it's, it's like uncharted territory and people are trying to launch their new brands. Like if you're like, Oh, I'm opening a confectionery restaurant on the side this side of the street. And then Chris opens like a 
donut shop that sells cakes and stuff on that side of the street. You're like, well, it's a little bit different, but we're kind of doing the same things. And it's like, can we both succeed? You know, things like that. So I don't know. There's an analogy. Food analogy. If you like that kind of stuff. Uh, let's see. We got one last email and then I'll try to get some more of the comments from, uh, YouTube. Aiden in LA, Ryan. Uh Oh, is there bad blood between you and Keely? Keely, you are a former, uh, former intern, former, uh, reporter. Does a great job. She got hired by USC back in January. So I just finished, finished listening to the reign of Troy podcast and they had Keely on there and she mentioned something about a beef between you. Okay, she didn't mention that. I listened to that and tried to deny it, but then made an excuse that didn't really sound believable at all for why she won't be coming on any of your podcast. She said USC compliance won't allow it because it would be a violation. But Bone, Sosna, USC coaches, strength staff, and even recruiting staff have been all allowed on your podcast in the past. Why would Keeley be the only athletic department employee not allowed on? Because, in LA? <laughs> because it's a bullshit rule. Yes. So and here's the thing. There's no beef. Uh, Keely is still, you know, she texts with all of us. Uh, she texted me the other day because we used to joke about her, like, kind of breaking whatever. Like, she would be using some kind of piece of technology and somehow it would break. And somebody, someone close to her had said this thing. Like, she had broke something and they're like, she, yeah, I used to do this with Ryan all the time. We are, yeah, Keely and I are friends. Um, I think she's gone out on her own. Uh, you know, she worked for me for seven years. Like her whole professional career was with me. She needed to kind of spread, you know, spread her wings. And uh, we applaud her for it. We're really happy for her. We're rooting for her. I think she's going to do great. The one thing she did say was she couldn't read the peristyle because she wasn't comped anymore. So 247 did remove her subscription when she stopped working there. I Once I heard that, I was like, that's dumb. So I since rectified that. So I... I sent her an email letting her know today, like, hey, she's comped again. So she can check out the P if she wants to. Uh, but no, there's no bad blood. Like, literally, that's the excuse they gave. And you are exactly right in all those things. We've had recruiting, you know, people from the recruiting staff on the show. Um, I think this is just more about sometimes compliance gets a little like, well, you can't Doesn't do that. Know what they're doing. Yeah. If we wanted to push back at all, we could point out all the different. Just send them all the links to. Yeah. Uh, and they're saying 247 is a recruiting source. Like we have national writers that are not talking about recruiting. that are on the, you know, Paul Feinbaum show talking about college football. Like it's a, we cover college football and recruiting is part of it. It's not a recruiting service. Um, so yeah, it, it's completely dominated. And if. But it's a real excuse. It's the real it's reason. It's the real reason. It's not. I know it doesn't make sense, but that's the real reason. If there was, you know, we would love to have Keely on and she would love to come on. And if this is a fight you wanted to fight, like it's her first year there. We don't need to be, I'm not, I don't, I don't ever want to rock the boat for Keely and let what she's doing. So, but if it was like some real reason and she was like, man, I wish I could come on. I would go in there and throw a fit and she would be on, but I'm pretty confident that, that could happen. But, uh, you know, probably not going to bother with that right now. But it's it's completely dumb, hypocritical. It, it makes no sense. But that's... That's USC compliance. That's, that's what we've been dealing with at USC for years. Why can't <laughs> we take photos of recruits, but SEC schools can take photos yeah. of recruits? You follow campus? the same... You're under the NCAA rules. You're it's like all under the same. And it's all about interpretation. But SEC's been interpreting it, interpreting it for this for, like, many years and... Nobody's in trouble, so why not USC? Yeah, 
do not know, but there's there's that. Um, let's do, this is an interesting one from Lee. Let me pull it up here. Um, do you think Raelic Brown will eventually wear number five? I think you would have to have like an all-American season. Okay. And then the next pull, year, picture of that okay. could be like the bestowed upon number. Obviously, he would love to wear number five, but obviously that has to be earned. So I think he would have to be, let's say, his sophomore year comes out, balls out, has like 2,500 all-purpose years. I don't know, something ridiculous. And he's an All-American. I think next year you could see maybe, oh, my junior year, maybe I can get that uh, that Reggie uh, blessing to wear number five. I think that's what would have to happen. He would have to have a monster year. Yeah. Get that have that recognition already, especially for five, like, or, or any number in general, but like, you need to have like, you need to be already be a dude to kind of yeah. earn that, that the right to ask for it. But he's got the 14, the one plus four. So he's there. He's, wink, he's, wink. He's very close. Uh, let's see. So Cameron says, any concern about USC's big commits from Los Alamitos after they got rolled on ESPN Saturday? Uh, concerned about decommitments i don't know or, or are they not as good as you're saying like i mean Mekhi Mekhi lemon, lemon balled the f out i mean he was <laughs> he is that dude he is him as they say uh you know just even national writers on our site were like you know i i didn't i didn't really know what to think of makai lemon but he went out there and showed he is a five-star caliber player and yeah. He is a guy that shows up when the pads come on and the helmet comes on. And I don't know the I I I don't know about worry. You're not worried about Makai Levin in terms of his talent. I guess the only one would be Makai, uh, Malachi Nelson. Uh but he threw two three touchdown passes, you know. That offense really couldn't keep up against uh American Heritage. And I just think that that was just a mismatch for them. I mean Losal isn't really. They have talent, obviously, but they're yeah. not really on caliber of like. They're not like Amade modern day or, yeah. or Saint John Bosco. Not right. like that yet. They don't have the the depth. You know, they still have guys who kind of play both ways, and that's why their defense kind of gets run down because they don't really have. You know, everyone on Bosco in modern day is a one way player essentially. Yeah, except for a few occasions. They, they have. Yeah. yeah, they're like college teams. So. Yeah. Here's uh, our second down middle linebacker. And then here's <laughs> right. So the 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 Griffins don't really have that kind of firepower, especially when you're going against you know. Obviously, they're going against the, across the country. They're going to Florida. They're high school kids. It's a Saturday game. It's a bunch of weird things going on. So I think that may be affected, but I'm not worried in terms of talent of Malachi Nelson or a Makai Lemon. Nor am I worried about deep commitments. You know, Malachi was kind of teasing about uh, staying tuned, and then USC got a commitment right after that. So I think he's full full force ahead for for the Trojans. Let's do a couple more. Uh, Michael, any indication on what the turnout will be on Saturday? Uh, not really. I'm still expect. I'm still holding my seventy. Seventy. Seventy k. Okay. Yeah, I'm probably go- I'm going like sixty eight. But we did hear. Talked about this on Tunnel Vision, I think, a little bit. You know, I heard from people in the ticket office, and they were pleased. They had a schedule from what we were heard as far as season tickets go and things like that. So uh, that's pretty cool. 
Um, I think we had one. Let's see. Uh, oh, there was one. Will SC punt more than four times against Rice? More than four times? No. Ooh, okay. So over under four. You're taking the under. I'm taking the under for four. Yeah. You? I guess I have to take the over okay. just to be against you. Wow, you're just terrible. I um, think there'll be like one in the first half, and then really depends on – wait, so I have to go five? Yeah. Okay, now I don't like this, but I'm going to hold on to it. <laughs> I'm going to hold on to it. And uh, one last one, passing yard predictions for Caleb Williams. For Rice? Or? Yeah, against Rice. Five. Five passing yards. Oh, yards. I thought you said touchdown. <laughs> uh, yards. I mean, I think he's not He's not going to play a full game, obviously. No. I would say let's go th- – oh, I mean, I'll say 350. Wow. Damn. Did I – is that too much? I think so. Uh, I'm going like – because I think he's going to play like a little more than two quarters. I think he'll have – he could have four or five touchdowns, but he probably has like a rushing touchdown. I think he's going to throw for like 240. But like two forty. But he'll go like, you know. I was way over eighteen of twenty. Whatever, I'm holding to it. Four touchdowns, two hundred forty yards. Like it'll just be really efficient, and he'll have scoring. He'll score, but he's not going to like throw for like three hundred something yards. Like because he's just not going to be in the game that long. So, look, I'm just banking on like a sixty yard bomb to Jordan Addison. He could forty a fifty yard reception to. I think they're just going to get throw bombs all over the field. So that's why I'm I'm. Banking on 350, but yeah, probably a little high. If I have to readjust it, I'd probably go like 300. But yeah, I said it; it's out of my mouth. Let's see what happens. Nice. Put that in your predictions. Then he's going to throw for 350. No, no, <laughs> I will not. Uh, I don't reveal predictions. Private oh, predictions. My bad. Sorry. Also, Tembo predictions coming out on Thursday. So very check, nice. Check your local internet sponsor. Awesome. Uh, well, I think that's it. For us, good. I'm falling asleep, so let's. Uh, yeah, people like to say that sometimes. It's a t- you know, it's a tough morning. We had to be there. You're at USC early. I know you're there watching the guys coming out of the tunnel and everything. That's all uh, I have. That's all I have. Yeah. So stay tuned. Um, obviously, uscfootball.com will have a ton of interviews and analysis of what's going on for Rice Week. Uh, we will still have a recruiting podcast, the Two Star Recruiting Podcast Composite with uh, Chris and Gerard. Will be coming up uh, probably early Thursday morning. Thursday night, we're going to have tunnel vision again. So that'll be, it'll be on a podcast feed too, but it'll be a preview of USC versus Rice. So make sure you check that out. We'll have team previews coming up. Tom Harris back doing the previews, I think for like the 20th year for us at uscfootball.com. He's an old friend of the site. He, you know, he, he writes for like a magazine in, in Boston right now, but he always loves coming on and doing these really comprehensive uh, game previews. So we'll keep putting those up uh, from Tom. And then, of course, game day is going to be crazy. Make sure you check out the tailgate because we're going to have a lot of fun over there. Uh, the African-American Museum on the lawn. So come check us out there starting at noon. The Trojan Walk, we broke that during the show, telling you about that. Uh, 12.15 is about when they're going to go through the peristyle. So you can kind of check all the players and stuff going through that. And then Sunday night, we're going to do our recap uh, Tunnel Vision show. So lots of ways you can... Keep up to date with what's going on with the team. Of course, uscfootball.com is a great way to do it. If you're not a subscriber, you can sign up for a buck. So get over there and do that. But all of our channels, YouTube, on our all of our podcasting platforms, you can get all that stuff uh, as well. So thank you guys all mu- so much for tuning in uh, to the Peristyle Podcast. For Chris Trevino over there, I am Ryan Abraham. 
Thanks again for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices, every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 